I prefer face-to-face stuff if and where I can, you know, whether it's medical appointments or whatever, but there is, it's not just the, it's not just the time spent on the appointment itself, is it? It's in the modern era, it's getting to and from things as well. Um, the admin of doing stuff, whereas just being able to leap on something does have a certain, uh, a convenience to it and, you know, give me convenience. You know, that's the way. Sorry, I've got a cat hassling me. Mate, there'll be more food in a bit. Yeah, there's always, there's always a cat asking for food in this, in this house. They are the. I have a, I have a rabbit behind me, so she might come by at some point. Is she, is she insistent though? Is she insistent about She can be. She, she can be if I haven't fed her recently, but, uh, they're, they're. Much mellower than cats, I find. Our our male cat Genghis, he's 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 amazing. He's a dog cat, really. But he, um, when he wants food, it, it's a campaign, really. It's a it's it's a campaign. It's uh, he, he he gets he gets everything involved. If he could play a drum kit, he would he would start playing the drum kit in order to to summon to summon me. But there we are, anyway. We're not here to talk about, uh, we're not here to talk about, about, although maybe we are. I don't know. Pets are. Do you know the phrase nominative determinism? I do know the phrase nominative determinism. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a cat, you have a demanding cat named Genghis. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't united his own tribe. I mean, in the, in the first place, there's two of them. And I mean, his sister looks out for him, but I'm not sure she'd, um, help him avenge his temujin's father's death on the on the on the on the plains of upper mongolia um but i think he's he's got to he's an arsehole definitely he's got that part of the of 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 the legend um uh but he's not even he's not even ruthless really if if another male cat comes into the yard he just he just chats He's got a lot of physical front and he wants food, but he doesn't have any territory. He doesn't have any territorial demands. Um, uh, but he is essentially a religious. So that's, uh, that's good. That's good. Why is it you haven't spoken with anyone for a week? Because my wife and daughter went to Australia a week ago and I've been ill. So uh, I've had what I thought was COVID, but it looks like it was just a very bad flu. Um, and so aside from a couple of <coughs> calls, which were, you know, punctuated by, by coughing, I haven't really seen anybody. I made a couple of shop runs masked up, but, um, you know, wearing a mask for the first time in a good, a good year, to be honest. I mean, which still makes me the outlier here because ma- masks are seen as, Masks are seen as, well, I'm not sure what they're seen as in Britain, but they're definitely not seen as something that you wear. Um, so it's been quite a, quite a lonely week, really. Uh, I mean, I've, I had a, a big mail out to do, so, so I did that. Um, but it's been, it's been uniquely lonely, really. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with being by myself, but it, it still has an effect on you, I suppose. You know, a whole, whole week without speaking to anybody. I mean, speaking to people, but not speaking in any kind of, um, intimate or concentrated sense. It's been a, yeah, it's been, yeah, transactional and just, just that little bit, um, like dull and repetitive, I suppose. I'm not looking, I'm not used to my, or if I'm used to my life being repetitive, it's in a, a kind of, 
a, a joyous being a dad way as opposed to you know as opposed to speaking to my daughter for five minutes on whatsapp with the time difference in australia it's just not quite the same and even with the best will in the world a, a six-year-old child doesn't really focus on a screen uh as well as you would as you would hope so that's been a bit annoying it's probably a good thing at the end of the day uh, in terms of not being too consumed with the screen yeah i mean those you know children of that age are more than capable of being consumed with the screen when it's showing other things uh you know flashing i mean if daddy was a if daddy was a cartoon dog who 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 juggled balls or she was able to manipulate that uh cartoon dog in order to uh, gain some arbitrary you know to, to gain some arbitrary point system then she'd probably be very entertained but uh but it's all good you need to remember with a child sometimes that they are just a child um or not not just a child but they are a child and and need to be understood as a child as opposed to having necessarily the same needs and uh the same needs as a as a 48 year old ostensibly adult man so it's been a yeah it's just been a bit of a it's been a bit of a crazy week you know like i say at the same time as having to send out 300 t-shirts which are which isn't necessarily the most fun task you don't get into music you don't pour your heart and soul into music to send out 300 t-shirts it's a it's a necessary i don't want to say evil it's a necessary inconvenience um, to to package and and send that stuff out, but it's all done. And so far, I've only made one mistake. I only sent out one XL instead of an L. Uh, so let's hope let's hope that doesn't mount up <laughs> as the as the order as bigger the is better. In. Yeah, yeah, if you're going to make that mistake, yes. Rather than yeah, I I, I suppose, but I'll still be I'll still be replacing it. So it's all good. I mean, she's still quite young. How did she handle the pandemic? Was she even aware that it was happening? Uh, well, she mostly handled the pandemic because uh, through through me, because because of my wife's job. I was I kind of became the the main carer for the first certainly the first year of it, which was great on so many levels. Uh, because caring for a child. Well, especially when you haven't done it before, you very much learn on the job. I mean, books are of some use, but you learn by doing, not not so much by, you know, farming farming theories and concepts. And I often find like, as like being a parent is feeling comfortable, and then something changes developmentally, and you feel a bit out of your depth, or you feel behind behind the behind the curve. And then you catch up, you kind of evolve, you kind of evolve with the child. Um, and sometimes it's hard to do that in a fragmented way. But when you're together all the time, it was just, it was wonderful for the, for the most part. I mean, apart from, you know, if you can remove the, the people dying and the, the slow decay of, of loneliness, um, that, that a lot of people had in, in terms of our relationship, it was, it was really wonderful. Um, but she dealt with it okay. Uh, she 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 dealt with it fine. I mean, she was preschool age, which I think helped. She hadn't established those those friendships to be taken away from her. Um, 
and it was before again before we moved to Bristol. I think London, where we were at the time, is simultaneously probably the worst and the best city in order to have a pandemic in because it's a fairly socially socially isolated place anyway. But mm. but but you're also especially where we were living, which was in Battersea. I don't know if you know London very well, um, but really close to the river. I mean, some of the walks and the scenery around there is just is just gorgeous. I mean, it's it's like it's like living at the center of the world, and it's it's a lot different than walking than walking around some depressing park somewhere in the middle of England. You've you can within half an hour of your house, you can walk through Battersea Park. You can see Battersea Power Station. You can see the Houses of Parliament. You can go a little bit further. You can go along to the Tate Modern and St Paul's. It's, I mean, it's incredible. It's an incredible vista. And it's it's incredible to look at or be at, whether it's in the middle of the pouring rain, it being London, or whether it's whether it's a nicer day. It was um, it was yeah, it was actually it was actually quite incredible. But she dealt with it. She dealt with it fine, really. She's a very happy child, and um, obviously obviously inspired by a by a, a happy father who's always so. Relent, relentlessly positive on, I mean, I, I think most of that is probably her, her mother's work. Although I am quite, I am quite funny. So hopefully she's just tuned, tuned to a little bit more, a little bit more positivity than I am. That would. You're hoping the cynicism gene is recessive. Um, I'm hoping it's, uh, I'm hoping it's optional. <laughs> I'm hoping it's something you can, you can flick. You can flick on and off, you know, say with your your mobile phone contract, you can just add it for a month, maybe. So, yeah, you can do, you can you can try it out, um, or maybe you just pay by the day, as opposed to as opposed to it being a permanent a permanent add on. So let's let's see let's see how that goes. Uh, you don't. I think some cynicism is is a, is a useful way of filtering is of filtering the world, but. When, when it's, when it's, when it's your permanent filter, it can become, become very difficult to enjoy anything. Um, did, did you find that, um, I, I, I don't have children. I hear this a lot that the, the act of, of having a child makes you more earnest or maybe, maybe at least dampers that cynicism flick. Um, I possibly, or maybe it speeds up the process. I think mm. of maturing. Um, I, I mean, I can only really speak uh, like personally or see what I've seen in, in, in other people. I think I'd already, because of the age that we had a kid at, I think he'd already shed a little bit of the, the cynicism because, you know, some of it is a, is a product of the, the, the art you've consumed, I guess. And maybe you've worked a lot of that through your system by a particular age. And I think cynicism is for the most part a, in a performative sense, very much a, very much a, a teenage in twenties kind of thing that you go through. Also because, also because then you've got the energy to be cynical as well and the energy to police yourself and at times other people, um, with that, with that cynicism. And it's not to say it's a entirely a, a negative thing. That cynicism can can help can help in so many ways. 
I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say the cynicism falls away maybe but I would say that observing the delight of somebody at just objectively simple things can can well can't help but be infectious but but of course you know the cynicism you can still see that for example little girls like frozen um and you can enjoy your daughter's love of frozen whilst whilst watching disney i mean if they could they would you, you know they would be they'd be monetizing the characters tamp disney would be monetizing the characters tampons they they've 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 monetized just about every aspect of that film there's they they couldn't they couldn't possibly monetize anything more um so you you can still you can still keep it in your locker i think if i have, if i have a cynicism locker it it probably still takes up a, a a quarter of my mental real estate i would suspect there is that thing about getting older and realizing that people tell you a lot of things about getting older and they um but you really have to experience it for yourself firsthand because uh, you know you, if you look if you attempt to look at objectively at the things you've made now I mean, compromise probably isn't the right word but compromises you've made like you you might have hated that about yourself 20 years ago yeah i mean th- well that's the thing and you it's not necessarily that you change as a person but circumstances change around you as well I, I i had the conversation what happened a few years ago is there was a mccluskey song which was uh the the, the guys who published us contacted us and it was up for a mcdonald's advert it was down to like the last two songs and i remember having even was the bef- lightsaber cocksucking blues it wasn't one? like no it was a song from the first record called me oh my um and I remember feeling incredibly guilty and bad about the prospect. It never got as far as even discussing money. The song wasn't even, it got, was down to the last two songs that they went with the other song, whatever. So it was, didn't, it didn't even need to be a dilemma that I addressed. Um, but I remember, you know, feeling very strongly about it in terms of not only how I would feel about it, and that was the very real thing, but how other people would feel about it because those things are important to me because it's not just Mm. important to to do the right thing or to try and do the right thing but it's it is also because you know we live in human society to be seen to do the right thing as well um and so in the end it wasn't a choice i had to make but i'm afraid that the world we live in now so this is this probably happened what eight i can't remember exactly eight or ten years ago something like that if that option came up now, I would, because of how things are financially, because of the, the, the cultural shift in terms of quote unquote selling out, I'd say yes, I'd say yes to that straight away. I would say yes to that straight away. I mean, I still have no's on my list of stuff I'd work with. Publishing companies is absolutely no gambling. Um, absolutely will not do and there's lots of podcasts i listen to whether they're comedy or sports they're nearly all uh it's gambling gambling adverts pervade them 
and uh, it's, it's generic it, Viagra it? or. Well, I don't, I don't get Viagra stuff. I get, uh, uh, it's, it really is, it's, it's, it's gambling, gambling, gambling. And from good, ostensibly progressive people as well who host these podcasts. I, I can't, I can't square that circle. It comes down to personal decision because I think you're vegetarian. Is that right? I am only for, only for the last five years though. So it's not a, um, that complicates know. things, obesity, like the, the, you know, there's, Life getting older is a series of determining which compromises you are and aren't willing to make. Yeah, very, 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 yeah, very much so. Um, or, but I suppose the way, unless there's a major health concern, which forces everything into a focus, it's all about convincing yourself you're not making compromises. You're making decisions, um, based on b- being pragmatic, but, Essentially, if you, if you took an overview of everything, yes, they are, they are compromises between yourself and your eternal soul. And sometimes in order to, to further your existence on this, on this world. I mean, I've had a f- quite a few health concerns over the last few years. A lot actually since like 2019. Um, I hadn't really taken full account of everything which had happened in the last few years. Until a couple of days ago, probably in the, in the midst, in the midst of isolation going, okay, let's, let's, let's run an inventory over the last few years. And it, it sticking it all together in a line, it, it turns out there's actually quite a lot's happened. So, um, so yeah, a series of, a series of compromises, or you might just say surviving. The math changes significantly when there's another human being depending on your ability to make that money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There certainly, there certainly does. There certainly does. I mean, luckily my, luckily my wife ends ends very well. Um, but there is, you know, being a self employed musician is not is not the sensible way to raise a child. <laughs> you could, you can. I think you can say that with a. Uh, with an objective force. I think that's fair. And I, but also, you know, knowing what I know about the health struggles that you've had, you have, you've had some of the worst possible health conditions given what you do for a living. Or maybe I've had the, the health struggles because of what I do for a living. You know, there's, there's a little, a little bit of both. I mean, tinnitus and or ear problems. I mean, that's ongoing obviously, but, that's copable. It, it, it gets a bit ridiculous in terms of the safeguards I have to put in place, but it's, it's copable. The sciatica I went through for four or five months in the middle of 2000 was just, was just unbearable. I've never felt so, uh, I always thought I had a high pain threshold, but it was, it was absolutely unbearable. And it wasn't just that really. It was just the sheer amount of pain, which meant that I only slept for, I was sleeping for like an hour a night for, for three months. That's, I, I, unless somebody's been through something like that, I, I literally cannot describe the, the, the half world that you enter during, uh, during something like that. As a matter of fact, I had an MRI two weeks ago. I have, uh, degenerative disc disease in my L4, L5, spinal stenosis, and, uh, the sciatica. I've been walking with the cane and it's, you know, I'd say, consistently maybe seven out of ten worst pain 
I've ever felt. Right. And oh, so does does it? So it doesn't go down from that seven, does it? Not? It does. It shoots down. It, it the um, I, I'll cut this out. This is probably not interesting. No, to no, that's people, interesting. Basically, me, yeah. yeah. But ba- basically, um, <clears throat> uh, I was actually exercising at the time, and you knock the disc out, and then it it causes something called spinal stenosis, which is uh, like a thinning of the nerve so, passage. So it's the, so it's the fact that the the disc has been knocked out in effect makes it decay in effect the disc is pressing on the sciatic nerve so it shoots yeah. all the way down yeah 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 and no, it's 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 all i mean for me the pain uh, didn't stop uh it was and i couldn't sit down uh because of the the position of it and i didn't sit down for five months um and i just so i luckily i got a sit stand desk just before this started but i was standing up for 23 hours a day um and i ended up with um uh just these huge welts on my shoulders and uh, it it sounds ridiculous but it was it was 23 hours a day i didn't need and it got to the stage where i didn't need to end, even end up going to bed and um i was looking after a two-year-old child during the pandemic and i was falling asleep standing up there are people who, who go through worse things but it was like it was like an an incredible madness i'm not a huge fan of drugs and medication at the best of times but i was on codeine i was on um uh oxycontin um yeah I don't know if it's exactly the same over there, but here they, they do not prescribe that lightly. No. Um, well, it, I, I was on that for, I think, two weeks. So I think it's Oxycontin, Oxycodone. Basically, they're the same drug, but it's the, the, the tale of it is to do with the, how the time it's released into your blood. But it's an opioid. It's an opioid, yeah. But I was just like sick with with drugs i mean just completely disorientated i preferred being in pain to being on the drugs to be honest like being disoriented but anyway let's not focus <laughs> i should i i shouldn't i shouldn't have brought i shouldn't have brought that up let's 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 talk about i did want to touch on it because obviously it's relevant and you know you sorry i'm gonna pronounce it the american way but suffering tinnitus is not it's a pretty common thing to a certain extent with rock musicians certainly i know yes. like Pete townsend very famously has struggled with it but it sounds like yours is next level to the point that it is distracting if not painful well it's at the start i think in general it's in general now it's maybe what you'd call a standard level but when when the problem first reared its head there's a, a type of hyperacusis as well so um, so I couldn't even be in a room with like a running tap. Uh, and say, say with normal tinnitus, tinnitus, you can, maybe you've got a, you've got a certain level, so you can mask it with another sound. Because of the hyperacusis, it meant that if you masked it with another sound, the volume would just go up like that. So there was, there was literally. I wasn't familiar. I, I know I'm familiar with misophonia, which I'm convinced I have, but yeah, hy- hy- hyperacusis is actually painful loud sounds or yeah i mean it it wasn't that it was necessarily painful it was that it was it was more of an instantly an instantly reactive tinnitus um and so it was it was completely so like walking down the road and there being trucks going past was just unbearable and so that was probably the case for the first couple of months 
um but managed to w- normal life is is fine now absolutely absolutely fine even going to a bar or whatever that's that's fine the the issue is the issue is specifically very loud rock music involving drums um which it turns out is which it turns out is what i do so um i'm it's it the last year has been working out ways to do it uh i've worked out the way the the way to do it now which is basically using in-ear monitors under ear defenders uh there are times where the ear defenders feel excessive and then jack starts playing drums and they don't start and they don't feel as excessive uh, there's a couple of especially McCluskey songs, Chases being the most notable one. But when he starts playing, it's like, yeah, I definitely, I definitely need easier defenders. And I suspect really I needed them all along. Uh, and then maybe I wouldn't be in this position. I've, I've always taken fairly good care of my ears, but I should have taken better care. And yeah. that's, that's just, that's just where we are, really. I've worn earplugs for years. I've lectured people on wearing earplugs for years. Um, I've, I've wore earplugs maybe 85, 95, 85, 90% of the time. That, that amount should have been 100% of the time. So you live and you learn. And I've lived and I've fucking learned. So, um, but managed to do four shows, uh, in the last, in the last few months. Uh, it's not exactly the same. It's, it's great out front. There's no difference. It's not quite the same for me on stage yet. So I'm working on ways in order to change it up a little bit for myself so I can get other things from the shows. And um, You mean in terms of the energy you get, in terms of the actually enjoying the experience? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, yeah, what I'm getting back from the crowd, what I'm getting from myself, what I'm getting... Yeah, the whole the whole experience. I mean, like I say, I've I've always worn ear protection on stage. Yeah, that's always you know dampened down things a bit. But sometimes you can take what you want from a show or what you need from a show from the reaction of the person directly stood directly in front of you. Um, or but say if you've got a a stage like we did at, at Dingwalls in London recently, where it's quite a high quite a high barrier. Um, I mean, I'm 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 enough of a professional to um to know the songs and to understand that even if i'm not particularly enjoying a show in a moment doesn't mean that the crowd aren't enjoying the show (laughs) i use the crowd term crowd respectfully hopefully there's enough people there to constitute a crowd the audience um uh but i i really for example i'll get off stage sometimes and some People go, that was a great show. And I've learned enough now to go, yeah, as opposed to actually that was, that was bullshit. That is such a, that's an ongoing struggle or like, you know, like as a writer, somebody compliments something I wrote, you know, 10 years ago. I'm like, oh, yeah, much better now. That was, it was terrible. Yeah. You just, just, but you horrible impulse. Yeah. But it is, it's a real impulse, but it's part of understanding, understanding it from from all sides of, of the divide that it's it's fine to think that and and for the people who say that they genuinely they genuinely mean it i'm not going to spoil somebody's nice time uh 20 years ago i would have spoiled that person's nice time because frankly it was all about me then because i was in my 20s and even though i didn't 
consciously think of the world in that way that it was all about me i was still very much very much down with the idea of you you know the a, a rock show being a an intersection between an audience and a performer i didn't really know any differently but um yeah it's 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 going to be a question of finding out how to enjoy things differently i think um i enjoyed i would say i really enjoyed two of the four shows i've done and two of the other shows i did i felt a little bit disconnected from the process but nobody in the crowd thought i was disconnected from it i'm having to part a, a large part of the show is talking to the audience i'm not quite as necessarily speedy and reactive to that because even though we have a mic set up i'm not necessarily going to hear all the things i was always hearing so i'm having to you know i'm i'm trying to introduce a couple of little little small comedy elements in order to play off the idea and also not hide from the fact that wearing your defenders not trying to it's it's like not trying to use some kind of i, I don't want to use the term disability but certainly a uh, some kind of it's a, it's a physical impairment which stops you functioning in the way that you you'd, you'd want to um so i'm trying to make that a, a feature as opposed to a, a like a, like a bug to use to use the modern to use the to use the modern language that we we um uh, you know to use the, the the modern way we discuss these things so for example we have like a little drum wall uh, which is is funny. It's funny to have that. We call it we call it the Great Wall of Egglestone. Hang things off it, knock on it occasionally. Try and make it a fun thing rather than a uh, rather than a subject of of shame. You know, if there's if there's shame, I'm sure we can find uh, I'm sure we can find actual reasons to feel shame. shame. Yeah, there's plenty. There's plenty of shame. There's plenty of there's plenty of shame to go around. We don't need. We don't need any, we don't need to construct any of that from our, uh, from our nightmares. No. I mean, it's also useful if you're, uh, somebody who's been going out of his way to tell people to wear ear protection to show them that you are both wearing it and need to wear it. It's, it's kind of a, I don't, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but it's a cautionary tale. Yeah. 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 It's a cautionary tale. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm not sure a lot of people will take it that way though. Uh, or maybe, or maybe they will, but I don't think they will in the moment. You had to cancel the U.S. tour. Like this is this is not a small thing for you. No, <laughs> no, it was um, so heartbreaking, and so not not just a loss of revenue, but so enormously expensive. I'll probably be financially recovering for it from it for the next five years so not that i was in a fact i mean but i genuinely i've made i've i have a resolve not to talk about that's that side of it because i you see when 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 artists talk about that kind of thing it can come across as incredibly selfish nobody forces you to do this thing um but but yeah it was it was um it was un- unbelievable and i'll i'll 
yeah, I'll I'll be I'll be dealing with that for a long time. But he, I mean, even the upcoming tour, we we need to sell T-shirts in order to make it work. That's that's just the way it is. Um, and you either accept it. Um, it's basically a what's the best way to put it? It's an eighty thousand dollar bet that you might that you might make ten thousand dollars. It's, it's, which, you know, I mean, we were talking about gambling earlier. That is not a bet that a lot of people would, uh, <laughs> that a lot of people would take on, but I just, I just love it so much. I, it's, it's, it, it, it's everything to me. It's everything. It's, it's not everything that I am, but it's, it's a lot of the things that I am. And so, um, there's, there's almost, until somebody bodily stops me doing it, there's, it's no, there's no alternative really. And it's a, and there is something uniquely romantic about touring the States. Fuck me. I wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> no offense. Um, uh, it's a it, fucking place. I was of, born here. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's a place of, it's a place of absolute madness. Um, uh, I mean, I, I mean, Britain. Britain definitely has its has its issues times times a thousand, but where I, I would say we're a less we're a less egregiously insane place might be a nice way. I live in New York City, obviously a little bit different than other parts of the country. But this morning or the last few days, I, I don't know if you heard about the Prague shooting that happened on the university campus. Oh yes, I, I did. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, relief is not the right word, but it was like, oh well for once this isn't happening in america sure yeah which is which is which is which is mental of course because you would because that story is just it's almost an american story transplanted to another country it is young young angry white man shoots up uh college that's a very american shooter story it's just um but we we you know there are exceptions of course but British society, British society doesn't have the organizational skills in order to, um, I, I, and again, I say that a little glibly, but there's, there's something about, you can, you can even look at Britain in terms of our weather, you know, what I have friends who live in Boston. My idea of cold is not, is not the reality of, of the cold, of, of the cold you guys deal with. But, and Boston's idea of cold is not Minnesota's idea of cold. It gets real cold as yeah. you get up to Canada. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, and again, I, you know, as, a, as an old fella as well, now it gets, uh, gets beyond freezing and, uh, I'm outside wearing two or three coats and, mm-hmm. uh, nobody wants that from their, uh, from their fifth division rock god, you know. Why's that guy wearing two coats? Well, he's, imagine this, he's cold. Imagine. <laughs> Having to sort of subsist on merch, though, I mean, that's not a, that's not a unique issue in 2023. That's just kind of like at, at the level that you're at, that's just how things are. Hmm. Yeah. 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 It's just, it just is. It's how people exist. It's just, it's just a shame. You know, I mean, I take pride, take, pride in it i mean we don't just shovel out t-shirts for uh there's a certain it's not like there's a certain amount of uh there's a certain amount of 
of money out there. We need to produce these t-shirts in order to hoover it all fucking up. It's, it's, it's not like that. I do take pride in, in, in what we put out, but I am also aware that sometimes people buy, not even sometimes, oftentimes people buy t-shirts explicitly to just support. The, the, the garment itself is almost <laughs> some pun intended immaterial. Um, it, it's a show of, it's a show of support. Um, I know plenty of people who just buy the t-shirts and then put them in a drawer somewhere. Um, which is a shame because there's a lot of, there's a lot of time and effort goes into the designs. Um, and especially <laughs> sizing the prints. Oh my word, you wouldn't even imagine. For some reason, Australians want to size the prints bigger than, bigger than the size of most, most t-shirts. Um, I'm not entirely sure why that is. Maybe, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a perspective thing. But yeah, it's, yeah, t-shirts are, t-shirts, posters, all that. It's where, it's where the profit margin is, basically. What you want is you want fees, if you can, to cover your costs. Um, we are hurt a lot in the States by the fact that there's a 30% withholding tax on everything. If, if that wasn't the case, if that wasn't the case, then we'd actually make, we'd actually make some money from the shows, but, but it is there. So we don't. So that's just the way, that's just the way it is. And I don't want to be too crass about this, but you know, the decision to really start doing McCluskey, not full time, but, you know, to really kind of dive into it. How much of that was a pragmatic decision? How much of that was, you know, okay, well, this is a thing that people want now. And this is, I can start, you know, actually touring on this and and playing. Uh, Not so much. I mean, it obviously helps in terms of the opportunities. It, It more came from the vacuum, the fact that Future the Left wasn't able to do anything really because of our various childcare issues. And so it started happening. I mean, the, the initial McCluskey shows as in, well, it was like nine years ago, they, they were very much seen as, as in isolation. There was, there wasn't going to be any, any more of those. So they were specifically. I should interject too, by the way, for people who don't know that you're in the band with your wife, Future yeah. of the Left, which yeah. makes things that much more complicated, I see. Absolutely. So as co-owner, operator of a small child, it's, it's, um, <laughs> it can be, it, it, it's more difficult than we imagined. Although we are looking at ways to, I mean, it, it would have to be said that our daughter is supportive of our music. That would be a... You know, which is, which is nice of her. She actually wears a t-shirt. She doesn't just put it in the drawer. Yeah, yeah, she knows she does. And she has, she has on occasion sat us down and said, we, we need to do, you need to do future of the left, you know. So, you know, that is, that is something coming from a six year old. So, so fair, fair play to her. Um, so it more started, you know, from, from that, that vacuum. Um, a couple of one off shows and it, in as much as these things can happen organically. It, it happened organically. The initial idea in 2019 was to, well, the principle was not to even go out looking for shows, was to wait for people to come to us. And after one or two shows happened, it, it, it snowballed. I didn't contact until it came to the actual London shows. We did it 2019 where 
There'd been a guy, Danny, we'd been working for for years in Future the Left. I contacted him because it only felt right to give him like first dibs on doing the shows. I hadn't contacted one promoter about doing a show. And by that stage, we were like 10 shows in. You wait for people to come to you. The financial advantage of, of that is when people are coming to you is then you have more power in terms of negotiation. Um, yeah, le- leverage. It's always better said in an American accent, leverage. Um, but we had that. So, so yeah, um, I'm obviously my, because of everything that's going on, my head is currently more in McCluskey. Um, but I'm, I'm just happy to make loud rock music. Um, whatever, whatever name it is and which, which, with whomever, whichever friends happen to be, happen to be present making music with and spending time with friends is much more important to me than it used to be. Um, that is now, a, that is now a feature of it. But in, in the years gone by, it was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was an irrelevance. It was always nice, but the, the, the music itself was the, was the, the, you know, the prime directive, but it's, it's lovely to spend time with people. Um, and especially because, People having done it for so many years, they don't accidentally find themselves in this position anymore. They're, they And they usually have a lot else going on in their lives. And when they find themselves in the position of whether it's rehearsing or traveling to a show or playing a show, not only are they very practiced in what they should do and not do, and I think practiced enough to really enjoy it, but not having done it enough to be jaded in any way. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I think about the amount of shows I've done over the last 10 years, it's not actually that, that many shows, really. Um, I think if I'd been playing sets with lightsaber, cocksuck and blues in it for 20 years, and I'd been playing it for 150 times a year, I think I'd, I think I'd probably have had enough of that song. In fact, I think, I think I should have had enough of that song. But I haven't, I mean, I don't need to rehearse it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we're the least well-rehearsed band in the world. We just don't. I mean, the songs are exceptionally simple. Future the Left songs are more complicated in the sense that they require more, more timing and you need to more of a, more of a, a command or at least commands maybe exaggerating it, understanding of space and timing. Whereas McCluskey songs, you just pick them up and play one riff and rattle through. You just hopefully remember which order the verses go in. But if you don't, you can sing the second verse first and the first verse second. It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to sue you. As, as we were discussing before, you, as hopefully most people are, you are a dramatically different person in a lot of ways than you were when those songs were written. Um they they were you know in effect kind of written by a different person. What what is your relationship to them when replaying them? I think the 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 person who wrote them. I'm not a dramatically different person. I think the person who whose life surrounded the person who wrote those. I'm I'm a dram- I'm obviously a, a dramatically different person. But no, I I feel very comfortable playing them. I don't have to I don't have to cosplay my. 24 year old self or whatever it's it's very easy it's fun um still feels like myself and 
it feels better. It's, it's, it, it doesn't necessarily sound this way, but it's always meant to be, it's always meant to be joyful. Uh, there's no, I mean, it's, it's very difficult to communicate directly with your own subconscious, but I'm not. Aside from the odd line, which has a certain relevance to myself, whether that's in the McCluskey and Future the Left stuff, and even then I can only really think of four or five lines off the top of my head. I'm not really settling any scores or working off any teenage angst. I, you know, I wrote songs like that when I was a teenager, but I had the good grace not to... Good grace, or, or rather lack of opportunity, not to release them. Um, the, it's meant to be joyful, it's meant to be really good fun. Um, and it really feels that way now. There was a lot of conflict. And by conflict, I don't mean some ridiculous screaming conflict. That was never the case in McCluskey. We weren't, we weren't really those personality types. Um, but there was t- tension would probably be the, the right word. And having to motivate, I mean, especially the original lineup of the band, that was very lonely, a very lonely experience for me because um, even though they were both very talented guys, I was the person who probably for entirely selfish reasons, the the band was the most important thing to me. Um, and the other two, again, whether I, I, I try not to psychoanalyze people. I think that's, that's only polite. You, I tried to deal with just what's in front of me, but, the reality on the ground was that what I, um, the reality on the ground, what I, what I dealt with was people seeming to realize that, you know, no, again, it would be an exaggeration to say they used that against, against me, but they definitely understood that I would make all the compromises which were required to, to push things along. That's just, that's just not the case anymore. So it's, uh, yeah. it's just loads of fun. Everybody's, um, everybody's on that same metaphorical page that everybody loves to be on. Um, and the only issue is we just don't have a lot of time, uh, because everybody has kids. Jack lives in a different city. Damien and I live in the same city, but even then we get to rehearse maybe once, once a month for two hours. And, it's it's a shame if we had the resources um of a of a bigger band or the 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 t- financially or the or the time resources of a younger band then we'd probably have an an, an album ready next week but as it is as it is we've got half an album on the basis of mm. i don't know 10 10 rehearsals which is which is fantastic but uh Again, we just need to accept that for what it is and move on. The stuff we've already recorded sounds, sounds in our own terms, it's fantastic. It's very happy. And yeah. anybody who's, anybody who's an existing fan of the band will like it. It sounds, it, it sounds like the band of 20 years ago, but something else as well. Um, without pinning too much of a, an evolution badge on it. But it does. It's not. It's the same. But it's it's the same. But it's not the same. <laughs>
Was there initial hesitancy to start writing again as McCluskey? Well, yeah, there's, there's, there, there was some, but at the very least, it would just be a nice time with friends and playing some music. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. No, no pressure. There's no pressure, really. Uh, I think there came a time where maybe after three or four rehearsals, where you've got a couple of, you've got the inklings of something happening, but maybe nothing substantive that, that then, then the pressure kind of kicks in. It's like, no, this, this could, this could be something, but then it disappears again and you, you just remember to enjoy it. And, and again, having been through the process of writing a lot of records, even when things aren't working, you're doing, you're doing good work. The first time around, you were very adamant that the band was not getting back together, that there would be no farewell tour. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it hasn't. <laughs> you know, it hasn't. I mean, it, it hasn't. Yeah, yes and no, right? No, it's a, it's it's a. Oh, is this the asterisk conversation? No, no, it's not even the asterisk. It's it's. I mean, the asterisk. I'm I'm half considering putting it on as a sticker on on the record, so you so you can you like can, the Velvet Underground. You can yeah, so you can you can add it to the canon, or you can go. Well, this is a different. You know, it's like a, a cos. They're cosplaying it. You go. Yeah, fair, fair enough. You you decide. You decide. Um, but I'm I'm quite. I've done enough with that name. When the band split up, I would have said, yeah, I was the main contributor to that band. But I feel as if everybody involved was enough of the part of that story to mean that I don't lay sole claim to what whatever that is as the years have gone by and everything i've done with other things and how much i've talked and i, I don't want to talk about a myth or all all you know whatever trying well i literally it's not that i don't try to think of it in those terms i don't think of it in those terms i feel as if i own it a lot more now than i ever did um it's mine frankly um it belongs to me it's imbued with with a lot of me. There's some fantastic musicians on 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 those records. The records wouldn't sound the same without them. Uh, and at times they were fantastic people. At times they were less than fantastic people. I'm sure the same also applies to me. It's it is McCluskey. I think saying it's reformed. That I think at that point it becomes maybe misleading or or a little bit disrespectful to say John Chapel who was originally in the band he's not a part of it anymore and i think it also becomes disrespectful to Damien who wasn't in the original lineup he's far more of a fan of the band at least in his current form he's got plenty of time to get jaded and annoyed as 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 it goes um he he deserves some like respect uh, in terms of, uh, I'm, I'm not suggesting you're not giving it to him. And believe me, if he was stood in front of you, you would because he's the size of seven houses. But, um, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, when the band split up, I, it had to split up. It just felt that way. It was instinctive. When we started doing the shows again in 2019, the asterisks just felt right again, purely instinctive. This just feels right again to call it McCluskey. That's what it is. It has the essence of it. It has the, it has the swagger without being a bunch of dickheads about it. I mean, I hope, I hope in this environment come across as reflective and as a, as a normal, as a normal functioning person. That's not, that's not the band on stage, the band on stage. And again, it's not, it's not going on stage and deliberately 
assuming a personality or anything like that. Right, time to be on stage, Falco man. It doesn't work like that, but it 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 just happens. It's it's like a white line fever or something. It just it just happens. And the band on stage is better than it's ever been. It just is. It's it's an objective truth. Uh it doesn't have the same excitement for a lot of people because they're not witnessing it at a particular age of their development. And unless they are, because some people are, and that's been one of the really good things, especially when we play in bigger cities, seeing the variety of, of people there, the, the people of ages, different, uh, different genders, uh, different races, uh, more so in the States, to be honest, uh, rock crowds, are more, you know, monomaically, um, white in the UK. And it's, uh, that it, it just gives it a different energy. Uh, when you play to a crowd of, I'm a white man in my forties myself, but when you play to a crowd of just white men in the forties, as well as you play the, the energy feels like the energy doesn't have somewhere to go. Um, it, it feels it can, it can still be, it can still be wonderful. When, when you're playing to everybody, and by that I mean from people from 16 through to, through to 75, which are bigger shows with bigger constituency, a bigger pulling area you're going to get, it can just feel, it can just feel magical. You know, it can just, and that's when you know you're not just making a, a type of music, a cul-de-sac of, of, you know what a cul-de-sac is? I'm not even sure. I do. Yeah. I do. Oh, right. Okay. Cul-de-sac, court. Yeah. Yeah. Court. Yeah. Um, you don't feel as if you're just shouting at yourself in a mirror or something. Um, you feel as if there's a, there's a joy and, and I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of that reaches to do with people writing about us like for years. It's to do with the success of bands like, um, like idols. Uh, where it does, uh, you know, whatever you think about bands like that, it, it helps it spread that little bit further. And yeah, that, that's actually a really, really lovely thing. Um, the, yeah. en- the energy you get from knowing you're not just in effect speaking to yourself is, um, is really, really rewarding, really rewarding. I think one of the other differences when you were however old you were when you broke up and and said that there there's no way at the time you could have predicted the life the band would have taken on subsequently i know this is like not a cool thing to say but i'm i discovered the band through the compilation probably a lot of people did um yeah absolutely not i i thought that was just the end of that and then there was something else which was the healthy way to look at it of course (laughs) you don't you don't end a band and go right now. Let's propagate the myth. Uh, you don't, or, or maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe that's the mistake I made. I didn't immediately get onto some fucking propagating. Uh, no, I, I had no idea. Not, not the first idea. And it's great that say the American tour we're doing is selling reasonably well. It's selling far better than any American tour we did during the first incarnation of the band. That, that's one of. One of the only, not puzzling, not upsetting either. What's the right word? Frustrating things 
to so I have to so I had to work through my major emotions to get to where to get to where I was going to there um, the twelve steps of grief twelve yeah. step ah oh, the twelve the twelve the twelve steps of uh, twelve steps of indie rock that when people talk about a band who were in this great position um, and it just it just fell apart we did, it didn't fall apart purely because it was in this like this fantastic position we did do some great shows but during the first incarnation of the band I think we sold out five or six shows across, you know, the entire run of that band. A couple of which would have been in the Mercury Lounge in New York because it's a small venue. Um, it's small, it's like 220 people or something. So, so it wasn't like it was this glorious run, which came to this sudden, sudden halt. Um, we'll probably sell out as many shows on this North American tour as we sold out in totality during the first run. So, there is there is romance in the past well we were all younger then <laughs> or star but there is um there also has to be a, you know an acceptance that you know those rose those rose colored um rose tinted glasses or whatever the hell the saying is i don't know i just wear normal i wear normal spectacles myself you, you nailed it yeah um they 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 definitely are on um and uh, you need to come to stuff with, with a fresh perspective. Undoubtedly, I guess some people will, will come to the show and not enjoy it maybe as much as they remember enjoying it 20, 20 years ago. Yeah. But I hope they have the uh, politeness to, uh, keep that to them fucking selves because, uh, <laughs> because hey, you know, we're, we're not necessarily the, uh, not necessarily great at taking criticism, <laughs> especially not whilst on stage. That's, that's rock band. That's rock band and/or performer one hundred and one. Don't criticize people whilst on or immediately after leaving stage. Uh, but I'm fairly confident that people will come away going, "That was pretty fucking good, wasn't it?" Because it is. I I wouldn't put so much time and effort and so much so much financial jeopardy into something which was uh, something which was coasting. <laughs> <laughs> 